Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Good morning, I'm John Hoffman. More than $18 million in taxpayer funds are being used each year by South Bend Community School Corporation to outsource custodian and maintenance work. In December, the South Bend School Board voted to outsource its custodial maintenance and ground services to a Tennessee corporation, Southeast Service Corporation, or SSC. It's an agreement that school leaders said would save the district money over time. That $18 million a year, that's a lot, coming out of the school district's general operating fund. Southwest Service Corporation, also called SSC, took over custodial maintenance and ground services in January. Now, some of the employees who transitioned from South Bend schools to SSC now have concerns. Paul Anastas has worked for South Bend schools for decades, but six months ago, his employer changed. I work at the service building at South Bend schools, which is now SSC. Uh, as a general mechanic. Anastas is one of about 160 custodial and maintenance employees that transitioned from South Bend schools to SSC. But Anastas says SSC isn't following the 34-page, $18 million a year contract it signed. I'm concerned about the whole thing. I'm concerned about our people. We've already had uh, a number of people that have left because of this. Anastas claims the company isn't maintaining buildings and grounds like it promised. He claims SSC is not fully staffed and that it's difficult to do the job he was hired to do because of new corporate policies. He also fears it's too much money. He shared his frustrations with the South Bend School Board. After the outsourcing, has anyone cared if it's working? The answer is no. Any transition of this magnitude takes some time and has its challenges. South Bend Schools Assistant Superintendent Karima Fowler says the contract with SSC is meant to save the school district money, and it likely already has. She says before, the district was spending the same amount on custodial and maintenance, and then also paying extra for other services the district didn't have the staff to accomplish. Not only that, but the school district was buying and maintaining large trucks like snowplows, dump trucks, and vehicles for workers. Here's the thing. The way the structure was set up before, principals were responsible for the custodians. We don't need principals responsible for custodians because that takes away what they're supposed to be doing in the buildings to get academic outcomes. Now, SSC will do it all, plus hire more staff and purchase and maintain vehicles and heavy machinery. And Fowler says there's more accountability to the school district and to taxpayers. This is the KPI system. Okay. This is the uh, performance system that we didn't have. And this is what's going to okay. give us the information to make sure that, first off, they're doing their job mm -hmm. and, you know, we're holding them accountable um, and we're being good stewards of taxpayer money, what we are paying for, we're actually getting. SSC says it's hired 50 new workers and 12 management positions, added more than $2 million in new equipment, and has done a facilities assessment. I think people aren't used to that level of accountability. Um, 
and that's tough. And, and it's not anyone's fault. It's not anyone's fault. Um, but I, I think that that's difficult when you're not used to that. Fowler says now school leaders can spend more time focusing on students and achievement inside the classroom. On the operation side, our top priority is students. I want to keep everything that we do student focused. This is about getting resources back into the classroom, being efficient, safe environment, and then also being a good steward of taxpayer dollars. As for Anastas, that we can't buy parts or supplies. He also wants to make sure his tax money is going to the right place. I'll be 59 years old and I've been here my whole life in South Bend. And I'm just concerned that South Bend Schools is going to become a ghost town. When the referendum passed in 2020, some of the money was used to fill a shortfall in the budget. That shortfall was in buildings and grounds. Fowler says part of this outsourcing plan is meant to help the district find ways to save money so that another referendum won't be needed in a few years. Now the hope is the yearly cost for this SSC contract will go down as the school district shores up efficiencies, makes changes, shrinks its footprint. Mm -hmm. WSBT 22's Kristen Bean reporting. The funeral for fallen 28-year-old St. Joseph County Correctional Officer Rima Harris was Saturday, more than a week after a deadly drive-by shooting in the 1900 block of Milburn Boulevard. Answers are hard to come by, but frustration is growing for some neighbors who heard the deadly shots from their own homes. And after the incident about a week and a half ago, I've stayed in contact police asking many questions, including if Harris was the intended target, is there possibly more than one suspect, and how do we know this is isolated? But the main response has been there's no one in custody and police believe there's no threat to the public. More than a week after a deadly drive-by shooting in the 1900 block of Milburn Boulevard, answers are hard to come by. But frustration is growing for some neighbors who heard the fatal shots from the comfort of their own homes. And I saw a flash go by in the alley and that's, that's all I heard. And then as I opened the door, I heard screaming call an ambulance, call the police. Russ Moore has lived in the area for more than 40 years. He hasn't heard much more than rumors about the deadly shooting, and now he lives on edge, constantly concerned about the cars in the alley. What's saying they couldn't have shot through my house, too? would say they couldn't have shot me while I was out there watching TV. While police haven't been able to share much information with us, I reached out to Mishawaka Common Council President Greg Hixenbaugh. How is the public supposed to know they're safe if nobody's in custody at this point? There is always, I would agree that there's always a certain amount of uncertainty until there is uh, an arrest and an identification of a particular individual on the part of the community. But it's also fair to say that there is significant support and confidence in the Mishawaka Police Department. As a community, Hicksonbaugh understands people want answers, but says it's a delicate balance with maintaining the investigation's integrity. Mishawaka Mayor Dave Wood also responded to my requests, saying, quote, this incident was a senseless tragedy, and we will not stand for it here in the city of Mishawaka. The Mishawaka Police Department takes this and all homicides very seriously and works tirelessly to solve them. And the Mishawaka Police Department has said there's no need for the public's help in this case, at least for right now. WSBT 22's Erica Finke reporting. Osceola Police and Penn Fire are investigating a series of vandalism fires at Penn Park. As you can see, last night's fire completely took down this dugout. The ballpark has already seen a handful of fires, along with multiple accounts of vandalism just over the last few weeks. 
The Penn Fire Battalion chief is calling it a trend of vandalism. Just a week ago, a porta potty was completely destroyed after it was set on fire. They've also seen trash cans burned, as well as evidence of a few failed attempts, like burned bottles inside of other trash cans. Last night, a witness told firefighters they saw a few kids at the park just before the dugout fire started. Investigators say they believe these incidents are all connected, though they could soon reach a turning point as they're gathering more information with each additional incident. We've been kind of scouring the neighborhood, um, and we were able to... Uh, get some footage um, from homeowner security cameras, so hopefully that will uh, take us in a positive direction too. Operations at the ballpark will continue with closing ceremonies for the Penn Little League season tonight. The ballpark responded to WSBT saying in part, this is a place for kids. It's so sad to see people destroying stuff for absolutely no reason. WSBT 22's and Lurie reporting. New details in a human trafficking investigation by St. Joseph County Police. The South Bend Tribune reports undercover officers were offered sex at four South Bend area massage parlors. All of them have the same sign posted that they're closed by the county health department. Pink slips on the middle of the four massage parlors front door. They're an order from the county health department for the businesses closed for violating health county code 113. That code is quote, all massage establishments will be operated and maintained in a clean and sanitary manner and all persons performing massage therapy will have met the training requirements to competently practice or administer massage for the health department's website. The violations were having unregistered massage therapists working at the establishments. One of them had a lock on the door. Though these violations do not mean their doors will stay closed for good. Once they uh, fix the violations and uh, they contact us for a reinspection and then they can open back up. A police spokesperson is calling it's a very complex investigation, saying, quote, our detectives, along with the Department of Revenue investigators, are organizing and reviewing the thousands of pages of financial records that were seized two weeks ago. This situation is also impacting other area businesses. When someone's looking for the massage person at the north end of town on the west side of the street, they find me. Paula has owned the Golden Touch massage business for more than 18 years. It's around the corner from one of the establishments in question. She says she stopped taking new customers unless they have validated referrals because some are making inappropriate or illicit requests. It sucks when somebody's that close to you trying to say they're doing the same job as you. All four massage businesses under investigation are owned by the same person. And the county health department says two of them, Chinese Massage and Top Oriental Massage, have paid their fines and are looking to reopen. WSBT 22's Ashley Dagger reporting. A big financial boost for a local food bank. The Food Bank of Northern Indiana is one of 11 in the state selected to receive a grant. The funds can help the food banks during much needed time. The food bank is seeing higher demand for food this year. Since the start of the year, the food bank has seen a 26% increase in the number of households served. Like any family budget, the food bank is being stretched with increased prices of the food it buys. It's also dealing with fewer volunteers and a general lack of donations. That's often normal during the summer months. One program receiving part of this funding is the Food Bank's Senior Nutrition Program. It's a monthly program that provides dry goods and other food items to low-income seniors. A veteran hunger program will also get a boost from the grant. Food Bank CEO Mara Jo Martinek says lots of people are food insecure, meaning they don't always have enough food to maintain a healthy, active lifestyle. She says people who may eat breakfast today may not have another meal all day. 
The food bank is always accepting donations and volunteers. Pasta, peanut butter, and other non-perishable items go a long way, but Martinex says the best donation is money, since each dollar helps provide five pounds of food to people in need across northern Indiana. Our lack of rain so far this summer has one positive benefit, a lack of mosquitoes. Mosquitoes need standing water to lay their eggs, and for the most part, we haven't had that yet. With the recent rain that we're getting this week, that could be the spark to getting the season going for these pests. Now, a female mosquito needs two things to breed, and that's blood from the host and that stagnant standing water, typically from rain. The Elkhart County Health Department says this month is typically peak mosquito season. The experts at the health department say so far this year, we've seen two kinds of mosquitoes, nuisance and vector. Vector mosquitoes are the ones that bite and leave you with that itch. We are still seeing vector mosquitoes, which breed in containers. So you've got like buckets and tires and flower pots, but we'll see those more at dusk and dawn. Now the health department says it is important to still wear repellent with DEET, especially this week with, of course, the rain coming down that can cause that stagnant water. WSPT 22's Taylor Gatoni reporting. A Knox business is assessing damage after a devastating fire last week in the downtown area. It took 14 fire departments nine hours to pull it, fully put the flames out. Purple Gaming is a total loss, along with the owner's apartment that was just above it. But Downtown Depot and Birdie's Main Street Diner are both damaged and closed temporarily. But Birdie says she's thankful for the local support. A kitchen that's usually filled with patrons asking for sizzling breakfast food, now only occupied by empty chairs and industrial fans. Most of the stock that's here is going to have to be trashed. Phyllis Faust from Birdie's Main Street Diner says her business will be closed for at least a month after smoke and water damage from the downtown fire. There was probably five inches, six inches of water in the floor. There's a lot of soot. There's some soot. It's not really as bad as it could have been, I guess, but there's a layer of it on everything. The downtown depot was also damaged, but Vorpal Gaming and the owner's apartment above it is a total loss. The cause hasn't been determined yet, and the state fire marshal's office will be investigating along with insurance. But local businesses, including Rabbit Coffee Roasting Company, are already coming to the rescue. If the people that showed up, I mean, just the community supported it so much, and he was very thankful. One of the owners of 1056 Brewing says hosting a give back day Wednesday for the affected businesses and their employees was a no brainer. That's not surprising to me that a lot of businesses have stepped up to help because we do that every time somebody needs it. That's soot. Down there is soot. While there's a lot to clean up, Faust is thankful all the firefighters are safe and for the community's support. It's a very good community to live in. I, I, I know that Knox has had a, uh, a little bit of a hard reputation. But the people in this community are very giving. Silverleaf Flores is organizing a hog roast benefit for the affected businesses, and it's set to happen in the next couple weeks. WSBT 22's Erica Finke reporting. Views and opinions expressed are those of the individual speaking and do not necessarily reflect the views of WSBT Radio, its staff, or management. Join us next week for Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT.
Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 